Is there anything that you want to want to leave us here? Any any advice to maybe some guys that want to walk in your shoes, some of these youngsters that are approaching the Bantam draft or in Pee Wee right now that would love to wear a WHL jersey one day? Yeah, I'd probably say just uh, don't don't overthink, right? I mean, everyone tells you growing up, uh, always have fun on the ice. And, I mean, that's what you should be out there for. Uh, and I wouldn't say uh, – Another thing would say be uh, don't don't change the way you play for another person. I mean, I've uh, I've seen a lot of my friends uh, kind of change the way they've played due to the fact that you know they're getting harped on and they want to try and try and change something. Well, you kind of got there uh, because that's who you are. You got there because of the type of player you are right now, and just don't change your game. I mean, just be yourself. Uh, live in the moment as much as you can, and it goes by pretty quick because. If you think about it, uh, just two years ago I was in Bantam and now uh, the NHL draft coming up. So just live in the moment because it all goes by so fast and the friends along the way could be your best friends for life. That was Connor Geeky, the second overall selection in the WHL Bantam draft in 2019 and current member of the Winnipeg Ice. And you are listening to the Up My Hockey podcast with Jason Padolin. Welcome to Up My Hockey with Jason Podolan, where we deconstruct the NHL journey, discuss what it takes to make it, and have a few laughs along the way. I'm your host, Jason Podolan, a 31st overall draft pick who played 41 NHL games, but thought he was destined for a thousand. Learn from my story and those of my guests. This is a hockey podcast about reaching your potential. Hello there and welcome back to the Up My Hockey podcast for a bonus episode with Connor Geeky. Connor is a player right now in WHL, playing for the Winnipeg Ice. He is a name that you should become familiar with as he was the second overall draft pick in the Bandom draft in 2019 uh, to Matthew Savoy, another name you should get familiar with for the upcoming NHL draft uh, because there are, they're both going to be uh, high, high round picks. Uh, Connor is a big boy, 6'4", uh, over 200 pounds already and is currently playing in the bubble in his first WHL season as a 16-year-old uh, for the Winnipeg Ice and I believe right now as I record this he has 19 points in 22 games, which is uh, obviously something uh, something to be proud of. Uh, it's, it's a tough league to play in at any age, let alone at 16 and to have almost a point a game. I think that's showing of signs of, of things to come and his future. Uh, Connor and I have a common uh, a common person in our lives, and that's uh, Craig Geeky. Craig is uh, Connor's dad. Craig was also my teammate in Spokane. So uh, Craig and I have kept in contact uh, a little bit through the years, and now with uh, his boys uh, moving through the ranks, uh, his one of his sons is Morgan Geeky, who plays with the Carolina Hurricanes, uh, and now having Connor come through, who's the youngest of three boys, and, and looks like he's destined for for a professional career as well. We have kept in touch. And uh, and yeah, he got me in touch with Connor. I thought this was going to be an interesting conversation. One, you know, uh, because I know there's a lot of players out there that uh, want to get drafted in the WHL draft or have been drafted and who are trying to navigate their way to the NHL. And for Connor at such a young age to be recognized as being 
you know, a big thing, a second overall draft pick. Uh, the lights are on you pretty young. So I want to talk with him about how he was navigating that, what his time was like right now in the WHL bubble, um, how his family life has influenced him so far and what he looks towards in the future. And uh, and it just turned out from the interview, because I've never had a chance to meet Connor prior to this discussion, uh, what an amazing kid this guy is. Like, holy smokes, just seems super easy to be around, very authentic, very transparent, uh, looks like he wants to smile, looks like he'd like to laugh. And uh, and knowing some of the people that are involved in the Winnipeg Ice organization, uh, he's a fantastic hockey player. So as you know from me, if you've listened to anything I've done before, I believe in developing the person behind the player. And, uh, and Connor sounds like he's just an amazing person, and that's going to benefit him moving forward. So I think you're going to like this interview. It's, uh, it's a shorter one. Uh, it it uh, shines a light on life right now in the WHL. And what a current... Uh, top prospect uh, for the upcoming draft here in the uh, 21-22. So the 2022 NHL draft, Connor will be a name you will have heard and you will uh, be hearing more of. So this is the the interview before he becomes a huge star. Uh, please enjoy the interview with Connor Geeky. All right. Here we are. We're in uh, the Up My Hockey member group, and uh, I have a special guest today by the name of Connor Geeky joining us from the WHL bubble in Regina. Welcome to the show, Connor. How's it going? Hey, man, we're doing great over here. Are you uh, are you getting out much? How does how does that whole life there work where you're at right now? Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of like a trap, I guess. <laughs> a lot of people like to call it. Uh, not really allowed to go outside. Just kind of hang out in the room and. Let's just say uh, the guys get tired of each other pretty quick when it comes to games and uh, who's winning all the time and cards and stuff like that. So there, because you're all, are you all in one campus by you all? I mean, all the teams are, are in one like big facility. Is that how it works? Uh, yeah. So basically I think s- s- or four teams are in the University of Regina dorms, which is us, Moose Job, Brandon. Saskatoon and uh, Prince Albert, so five, I guess, and the other two are in the Lutheran College, just about ten minutes from here. It's it's pretty good. They got they got a good setup going. I mean, I don't think any other spot could really do this because the dorms just have kind of everything you need, restaurants and stuff like that. So, right. So you do you see these other teams? Like, do you cross paths with them uh, away from the rink? Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Uh, after a win and you guys are both trying to get into the elevator, it's a little weird, but uh, it's not nothing too too crazy. I mean, we can't leave our floors. I mean, we have six, seven, eight, so we just eight's the coaching staff. So floor seven, if they're making a lot of riot, they uh, they get a text from the coaching staff or something like that. But no, just six and seven is kind of where uh, I rotate through, anyways. Awesome. Yeah, so for people just joining and, and welcome to the show here, we got Connor Geeky. Connor is the second overall draft pick in the WHL draft, and that was in 2019 uh, to the Winnipeg Ice. Uh, Connor is in his first year now here in the WHL in this abbreviated season as a 16-year-old. Um, and just for those of you who are not quite too familiar, I mean, playing at 16 is is rare. There, there's, there's not that many that, uh, that get to play at 16. Uh, there was the exception this year with Connor Bedard, first time in WHL history that an underage was able to play at 15 years old. But uh, 
Yeah, Connor's cutting his teeth in WHL, and I thought it'd be a great opportunity to talk with Connor about what life is like there in this WHL bubble in, in Regina and, and uh, you know, how he got there and also what he's looking forward to here in the NHL coming up, which is his draft year next year. So with this bubble, uh, what, like, how about we even go back, uh, Connor, before the bubble? So you had your sights set on, obviously, a full WHL season. I'm sure you're excited to get going. Uh, and then all the delays with COVID and all the delays with COVID. What was what was life like for you prior to getting inside that bubble? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, I got to play in the MJ a couple, I think, nine games or something. That that was more than anything I could ask for. Verdon was uh, happy enough to take me in, and I was super happy to get with that organization. Played a couple games there, which was a huge help just for like, that jump, right? It's it's a little harder going from midget right to the dub, but like that midget MJ jump, not many people think it's that big of a deal, but I, I found it a huge impact. And just a lot of working out when everything really got shut down. Uh, the whole fam was kind of at home there for a little bit. So me, Morgan, and Noah, and even Dad, Dad's in the gym a lot too. So we uh, we all took our turns in the, in the garage, had the – had the heater blaring in there and the music blasting, so it was, it was good. Yeah, it's interesting that you. Uh, I want to touch on two things there. One, the MJ and the jump, and then two was your was your family and your, the influence of your brothers. But uh, let's start with the MJ because you said that was a great place to get your feet wet. What was did you notice was the biggest adjustment uh, moving into that league from from midget? Yeah, probably just it's it's a little faster and it's more uh, more physical to me, anyways. Uh, I'm a big guy. I'm not the heaviest guy out there. I'm pretty lanky, but just uh, getting my feet wet and just having people like actually come at you and want to run you. It's kind of, it's a different vibe, right? I mean, the dub's obviously not uh, that uh, physical, I would say, but it's definitely a huge help just to understand and awareness, time and space. It's a little bit quicker than the midget, but uh, mm -hmm. just time and space and stuff like that. And getting to know uh, your game a little more, I guess you could say, enhancing it for moving up in the in the world, I guess. Uh, did you notice a difference as far as, I mean, you mentioned the physicality, but did you also notice a difference in strength on puck battles and and, uh, and small area, small area, tight, tight spots? Yeah, for sure. It was more kind of, I'm used to going into the corner and having three second battle and maybe uh one of us coming out with it, right? But this was like a 10-second battle. Three guys were coming in. Like, yeah. you're getting pinned to the boards. You're cross-checks. It's just a whole new world. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So you actually found that the MJ was more physical than the WHL's playing right now? Uh, I would say not in a regular WHL season. I'd say right now just because of the fact that not many guys are looking to run guys or fight or get injured. I wouldn't say the rivalries as intense as it normally is but it's definitely still it's definitely still physical i wouldn't say it's not i'd just say when i was in the mj uh especially against Verdon against portage it got uh, got pretty hectic have you uh gotten your first dust up yet uh, no no i have not i've been told by a lot of my buddies from home that uh, they're tired of seeing me score they want to see me fight so. <laughs> <laughs> i said uh if you look at my face, I don't look like much of a fighter, but we'll see. Uh, we'll see what time brings us. That's funny. So, if you were to describe yourself as a player, what, um, what, wh who would you describe yourself as? Maybe if you were to use some in the NHL, and I don't, 
Uh, I, I hated that question as a junior because you felt like, you know, saying something like, oh, I feel like I'm a, you know, Nathan McKinnon. People are like, you're not, you know, like, how are you Nathan McKinnon? But you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm more, more the style of play, the way you play the game. So um, don't feel like you're like you're bragging. But who would you pick in an NHL uniform right now that you think that you uh, you play a bit like? Uh, yeah, we actually had this discussion like two weeks ago, me and uh, Peyton Krebs, my roommate. We were just kind of talking like, oh, like who did you say growing up? And he said a couple names and one of our teammates said Sidney Crosby and we were all just laughing. But no, I think uh, Leon Dreisaitl would definitely be uh, one of them, just uh, kind of a passer, playmaker. But I mean, obviously maybe someone didn't see McDavid's quote, but he said he's got one of the best shots in the game, right? Just like that sneaky undercover shot that not many people know you have. I feel like uh, that's kind of me for sure. Cool. So you like I like uh, like to slow the game down a little bit is the way I like to call it. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, uh, just uh, seeing lanes is kind of my unique skill. I think me and Morgan both have that uh, that ability to slow it down and see seams that uh, the ordinary people can't see. That's cool. Yeah, that uh, I guess hockey sense or hockey IQ is 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 what that tracks up to. And, and a lot of people say, do you feel that that was something that was inherent? Um, in you or is it something that uh you you were you got taught uh, by someone i definitely uh inherited and taught uh i mean my dad coached me for i don't even know how long i mean just he uh he always said uh you can you can't teach iq but you can teach uh skating shooting stuff like that right i mean uh, IQ is something that uh, I'm super lucky to have, and I wouldn't be the player I am today without my dad or my family, just uh, the way they brought me up and raised me. But definitely, I think it was just kind of a natural instinct just to, you know, have uh, see lanes like that. And just watching hockey obviously helped me a lot, watch my brother grow up. So it's kind of all just uh, – group thing i guess you could say right 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 yeah no that's a great answer i saw a couple highlights of you the other night uh whl.ca for those listening right now um you don't necessarily have to be you know live in the whl city to to be a fan of the amazing players that are coming up in there and whl.ca does a great job of doing a little recap of the games and stuff so i saw i saw a game where you had two assists it was just the other night and they were both nice real nice plays where uh like i said if you had a shoot first mentality you wouldn't have made the plays that you did, you know, you, you, you kind of look somebody off and then put it back door to one of your line mates there, a uh, real nice vision. And uh, one of the things I thought about is a lot of times when, when you're young, especially in a league and you are playing against really quality players is that the game can seem faster. And because it seems faster, we feel like we have to rush, but that play in particular, I thought that you really had some poise and composure and you, you know, you, you, you took the time that you had, uh, has there been a point this year, maybe earlier on, where you felt you were a little bit more rushed and, and you weren't making the plays that you wanted to make? Yeah, actually, it happened two games ago against Brandon. It kind of happened out of nowhere. I wasn't really expecting the game to just feel like that. But, I mean, you know better than anyone that you have those games where you feel like everyone's just buzzing around you and you're kind of in quicksand. So that was definitely the game where I was. I felt like I couldn't make a play. It just felt super awkward, but... Obviously, uh, with my teammates, they kind of all brought me back together. And we actually uh, lost that one in overtime, but we fought back. And it was definitely uh, – there's a couple moments every every week, I'd say, where you're kind of just – maybe it's the odd shift where you just feel like everyone's going quicker than you. But then kind of bring your head back down. And I'd say I'm, I'm decent at uh, recovering back from it. 
So I'll take a short break from the conversation with Connor to once again, uh, thank you for listening and to remind you that if you want to do the show a favor, if you want to do young athletes a favor, the best way to do that is to promote the show. And you can promote the show by either sharing it on your social media, by talking about it with your friends or by writing a review. The reviews really, 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 really do matter. Um, so please do, uh, do comment, do like, do share, do review, uh, on iTunes is amazing what, what that can do for the growth of a podcast. So, uh, get it out there. The, the more, pe- the more people that do, uh, the more people are going to hear and, uh, hear Connor's story and, and the stories of the others that are, that are past episodes. I, I do believe that there's value in each one of the conversations that we have and, and it will help somebody somewhere, uh, whether whether they're going through a hard time, whether they didn't make a team they wanted to make or whether they're just aspiring to be the best that they can be. I believe there's, there's stories um, and value in all of these. So thanks again for listening. Um, I'm going to start uh, covering a little bit more of the WHL, I believe. It's my old stomping grounds. It's uh, what gave me my start. And, uh, and I think it's great to promote the, uh, you know, the people and the, and the personalities that are in it. And, and Connor is a great example of what a WHL athlete uh, looks like and can be and aspire to be. And, uh, and I hope you're enjoying the conversation. So let's get back to it with uh, Connor Geeky. Good, good. I was just going to ask that um, because a lot of guys aren't good at that, you know, or, or even aren't even conscious of how to be good at it. You know, which I which I think is an interesting way to way to put it, because you can get caught up in the moment and you don't even really know the moment's happening. You don't really know how to respond to it. Is, is there something that you do during the game that maybe is helpful for you? Or is there something that you do afterwards or even pre, maybe pregame that helps you get ready for for a con- competition? Uh, yeah, pregame, I'd say uh, just I wouldn't say as much visualizing, but during all Canada, I just like to remember our systems and stuff like that. Just. So if I do say I do get lost and say my own skill, I can always just go back to the basics and try and find a way to get back. And I wouldn't say before the game, but I just say like growing up, my dad was always there just saying, you know, live in the moment. I mean, obviously there's no such thing as a perfect player, like one bad move. I mean, you go to the bench, say, throw your water bottle down or you take a squirt to the face and you're kind of like, okay, let's go new shift, new game. Let's go. And then, my line mates are super good with that kind of stuff. And we always just lots of talk on the bench to me is huge. Awesome. That's a great, yeah, great philosophy because I know to get to where you're at, usually the personalities involved in that are usually driven personalities, usually personalities that don't like making mistakes. Right. And then when we start making mistakes, sometimes that can snowball, right. Cause we can get pretty critical of ourselves. How have the coaching staff been with you this year, being a 16 year old, obviously as a top prospect, um, maybe you realize it, maybe you don't, but usually you have a little bit longer rope, right? Meaning that you're allowed to make a few more mistakes. So they know you're going to be a big part of the future there and they want you to be. Um, how has that been stepping into the league and, and, you know, just figuring the league out and being able to make mistakes and come back and know you're going to get another shift? Yeah, obviously, uh, I hate to say it, but it is true, right? I mean, uh, obviously, uh, higher draft picks, I'd say get a little bit more rope, but, uh, James Patrick's super good with, uh, keep me in check and so is my dad i mean he's not coaching me but he'll still uh pick out the pick out some moments where i need to be better and obviously uh i try not to think about getting more ice because i'm a second overall draft pick i mean i uh i always tell the guys i mean i could play the worst game in my life but if we win we win like i'm always gonna be excited for everyone uh and just someone who scores, like another player, I think that's that's another exciting thing about hockey that you don't really get anywhere else. 
but I'd say for sure uh, it's definitely an advantage. I mean, just coming in and, you know, maybe turning the puck over and Jeep will pull me aside and tell me what I did wrong there, but still uh, give myself another shot and put myself in the same situation. It just gives me a little more confidence, I'd say. Oh, that's great. No, I mean, and I didn't mean to put you on the spot. They're saying like you're getting any favors. I just mean like it, it, it's it's tough sometimes. And I'm more I would re- re- was relating that to even like taking that next step to the NHL where maybe, you know, you're fighting for that spot. You're only going to get six minutes of ice a game and every play seems like it's for the Stanley Cup championship, you know, and, and, and if you don't make it quite right, that you might be on the bench or back down to the minors. Um, with a coach that can, can, can communicate that to you saying, you know what, man, you're 16. You're not going to do everything perfect, right? If some, something goes wrong, we're going to keep you in the lineup. You're still going to be around. For a lot of guys, that can be a nice little ability to breathe, right, and go out there and play. Yeah, and, sure. and from what I hear about Jeep, it sounds like he's uh, he's pretty good at communicating that. Oh, yeah. He's he's uh, he's unreal. I mean, he's been in the business for how long? So, I mean, he knows what he's doing, and he supports uh, everyone on the team, and he communicates well with me, so I can't really picture a better organization. Awesome. Yeah, it sounds like you're in a great spot there. Um, one of the interesting things I thought, well, first of all, there's been a couple of questions already. Is he a former Chief Craig Geeky son? Yes, he is, um, which is how uh, Connor and I got in contact because um, Craig and I have been in contact through the years. He's He's been involved in in their development, Morgan and Connor and, and their older son, Noah, in, in the sports there growing up in Manitoba. And and uh, I've always appreciated Craig's opinion on things. And I said, you know what, it'd be fun to interview Connor. I think he'd be interested in it. So anyways, Craig, Craig hooked us up. And uh, another another viewer here says he got to see uh, your brother, an Amstar, because uh, Chiefs had to play against him so much. So there's definitely some people uh, from Spokane watching this. So, yes, um, and maybe it's a good time to talk. Uh, you, you mentioned your dad a couple of times that he was he was your coach You're from a real small town in Manitoba. Um, two older brothers, both heck of an ath- heck of athletes, from what I understand. Obviously, Morgan is in the NHL um, with the Hurricanes now. What was it like um, having two older brothers that? Uh, that you were trying to keep up with yeah obviously uh that's it's kind of who i am now I'm the, I'm the third child i like to like to be a little bit uh more cocky i guess you could say than they did uh growing up trying to hold my ground but no for sure uh without them i mean I, i'd say competing is one of my biggest attributes in hockey i, I, I hate losing kind of like my dad i assume he wasn't the biggest uh in the world but he he doesn't like doing it but uh no i'd say just growing up and having that competitive edge and they they uh they were always hard on me and i think that's why uh that's why i enjoyed it so much i mean you never really got credit until you did something uh something really impressive i mean we pulled up a couple videos i think last month it was like of us playing and i was seven and morgan was 14 and Noah, I think, was 11, and we're all kind of like, well, like, how am I even playing against them? And they're hacking, and we're running around, and it's just – it's stuff like that that just keeps me uh, keeps me motivated, I'd say, and just growing up with them, them teaching me the ropes, and obviously them being as good as they were is definitely a huge influence. I have uh, three sons myself, Connor, and uh, so there's four, 40 months between them, so a little bit tighter than, than you guys, but – my youngest, well, one, my oldest is a darn good little hockey player, super dedicated, really committed. My youngest is is eight, and um, and he's chasing these other two, right? He doesn't even realize it, right? And the older brothers, they don't even realize that he's younger either, so he's just one of the boys, right? Yeah. And uh, 
but for him to try and keep up, like, I mean, I was talking with your, with your dad about that. I mean, I, I do think it's an advantage being in a, in a sports family and being the youngest because you're just in that environment all the time, right? You're scratching yeah. and clawing for everything. Uh, I'm, I'm sure. And, uh, and they didn't want to give it to you either. Usually brothers aren't too empathetic <laughs> about the younger one. No, they definitely weren't. There's definitely a lot of, a lot of bickering going on during the games. <laughs> that's great with Morgan um I heard Noah was a heck of a heck of a hockey player and a and a heck of a ball player M Morgan stuck to uh to hockey and um and and is and is in the show now having him around in the summer uh learning what it takes to be a professional you know an NHL professional uh how big of an impact was has that been on you just watching how he goes about his business yeah just Honestly, I, I never give him enough credit. I mean, you're you're the younger bro. You never like to be wrong, but he he does everything so perfect. And you kind of just you think to yourself, and you kind of want to be in that situation. And the way he helps me out and brings me up is he doesn't. I don't think he means to, but everything he says, I kind of take into consideration. And like to learn from him a bit, and just skating with him, he does everything just like you would at the pros. And there's no really. Uh, taking a day off and if it is it's it's for a good cause right but growing up with him I think uh that's probably one of my biggest uh biggest cards I can pull I mean just having him there all the time and not many people uh think it's a huge deal but just having him there is yeah it's pretty <laughs> I'm pretty lucky I guess you yeah. can say that yeah I mean it's good that you I know you come from from great roots there, and your dad and your mom have I mean, raised you guys right. And it sounds like you're appreciative of that. And that's one thing that sometimes people do take for granted is not like their environment, right? Their ecosystem. Yeah. And and sometimes you don't really realize how advantageous it is or isn't. But yeah, having that role model and that somebody that you can maybe pick up the phone and someone on a daily basis you get to watch how they go about their stuff. I mean, I've had tons of people on this program, and sometimes you don't find that guy to the NHL. Sometimes you don't yeah. find that guy ever, right? You know, like that you really can can model yourself after. So yeah, I mean, it's great to hear you say that. Um, and don't worry, we won't let him hear about it. He doesn't have to hear, <laughs> hear this interview. But uh, but it's great to hear you mention that. I think that's a big thing. Going back to your Bantam draft, there, Connor. At what point? Um, was it apparent to you that you were kind of a big deal uh, in that age group and that you might go as high as you did? And uh, and when you did realize that, did that really mean anything to you or how did that affect your, your draft year? Uh, I think the, the time that I really uh, knew that it was kind of a real thing is kind of, it was probably right around the draft area, I think. And I, I was just being me, you know, doing badminton. I think the night of the draft, I had my dentist appointment, and then I was going to badminton provincials. And I think there was one phone call with uh, Jake and uh, Matt, and they kind of said they weren't really leaving the draft without me. And I thought that was kind of like pretty surreal thing. I mean, I knew I was uh, maybe lucky enough to go in the first round, but having uh, – Having them say that uh, after I got drafted, I think that was really the turning point. Because, I mean, I never really knew before the draft that I could go second overall, obviously. Every kid hopes and dreams. But after the draft, when they uh, they gave me the call and said that, I mean, I was pretty, uh, pretty. I don't even know the words. It was kind of just a great, great deal of emotion, and it was awesome. So you knew because um, you weren't living under a rock you, you knew that you knew that you know first round was probably in the cards there was probably people watching you that year you know or talking with you I guess leading up to it was there any 
I don't know. Was there any nerves about it during the year? Were you worried about people in the stands or you just going about doing your business? Yeah. Again, it all comes back to my dad. (laughs) He just kind of said, yeah, let's go play. I mean, it's just another year. It's just another day. You can't, I mean, if you play bad, you have a bad game. I mean, that's all in the mindset. So I I wouldn't say put too much uh, pressure on myself. Obviously I wanted to do good. I wanted to play the best I could. Right. But you kind of just go out and you play and you, I mean, when I'm on the ice, I don't think about anything but the game. Uh, obviously, there's a couple of conversations on the bench that are get away from hockey, but I think everyone's like that. And just, yeah, I wouldn't say it affected me too much, but I definitely knew that uh, I might have a chance to do my dream. That's sweet. Um, an interesting thing for people listening, uh, maybe they don't know, is that your teammate, well, not your teammate as of we speak right now, but uh, Matthew Savoy went first overall that uh, that draft. So how is that between the two of you? What's your relationship like? And is there any, a uh, little bit of back and forth jabs about uh, maybe you should have went one and he should have went two? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, obviously, I wouldn't say uh, we're best friends at all by any means, but we're definitely uh, we're definitely friends. I mean, we uh, we stay in touch. Uh, he's obviously in Dubuque right now and having a good season. So I wouldn't say there's too much bickering about uh, one and two. I think it's kind of just we're both pretty excited to go that high in the draft anyways. And, I mean, Sav was also uh, highly touted to go one. So, I mean, I'm not complaining about going number two, and I don't think he's complaining about uh, going number one. So sure. we're, both pretty, we're both pretty thankful to, to even go in the draft for sure. Yeah, good for you. Um yeah, because that's an interesting element. I was just thinking, I mean, if I was in that spot, because now you're both headed into your draft year. Interesting about hockey, especially that level, is that one, you want to have team success for sure. And I know that's what Jeep is preaching and team success breeds individual success. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're, you're also competitors, right? You're also competitors in the sense that, you know, you you do want to uh, stand out. You do want to perform well and, and show your best cards. Um, what does that look like for you next year? And, and how are you... What are people saying about you about the draft? Do you follow that kind of stuff? And and what are your what are your hopes for next year? Uh yeah, next year obviously I, I hope to have a good year. I mean, I'm gonna work uh work my butt off to just try and uh, get stronger and keep working as hard as I can on and off the ice. But I wouldn't say I follow that stuff too much. I don't think I ever really have. Uh I remember when I was younger, my, my grandpa would ask me, uh how many points I had, and I, I would have no clue, right? So I, I wouldn't say I follow that stuff too much. Obviously, uh, my buddy might send me a, send me a picture of the draft rankings or stuff like that. But I mean, there's you know better than anyone that those rankings really don't mean anything. It's kind of all uh, it's a big surprise. Obviously, one two might be a pretty hard lock, but yeah. I mean, after that, I mean, it, it could go from you could be rank number four and go in the second round like nobody really knows at that time so i'd say i just i just want to have a good year i mean i want to i think this team has a has the opportunity to uh win a championship one year since we're that young and i think next year might be a good chance so i think that's probably going to be on my mind a little more 
Yeah, that's tons of fun. And, and obviously, like I said, with the team success, the more, the longer you play, the more eyes are on you, right? And, and that's what you want is eyes on you in that scenario. And, and good for you to just have that, you know, of the moment mentality too and not get caught up in the stats. Obviously, everyone's a different personality. You've seen that throughout your, your, uh, your young years here in hockey dressing rooms already, right? Like not everybody's wired the same way and everyone gets along a little differently. Um, and the fact that you, you move, you move with the, with the river water like that is, is pretty good. I think that's going to help you, especially in a, in a year where, um, you know, some guys get pretty anxious about what's being said about them because they follow it too much and they don't handle it uh, maybe yeah. the best. But the fact that you can just uh, keep your eyes, keep your eyes in the road and keep rolling is good. Is that um, I'm, I'm assuming that's where you want this hockey to take you. Do, you. do you do you see or have hopes of having an NHL jersey on one day? Yeah, for sure. I mean, every, that's every kid's dream uh, when they're growing up. And I mean, watching Morgan do it just made me want it even more. I mean, Obviously, uh, I hope to go higher than him so I can have a little bit of bragging rights. Uh, I still have it uh, in the WHL draft, but he always brings up his uh, NHL point card, and I said I'm not <laughs> there yet. So we'll try and uh, we'll try and get higher than him and see what happens, and hopefully, uh, maybe put on a, as good as a first game as he did. Then I can have uh, all the bragging rights. Yeah, he had a heck of an introduction, didn't he? Yeah, he did. What did he have? Um... What was his first two games or first three games? He kind of came, took the league by storm there last year when he got brought up, right? Yeah, I think he had he had four points in two games, two goals, two assists, or something like that. It was it was nuts. We were all kind of like, holy, and this was this was happening, and yeah, he he played so good. I don't know, it was weird. You kind of just look at him, and then he scores, and you're kind of like, oh well first goal that's out of the way and then he's working Malkin in the corner and you're like oh my god and then, yeah. <laughs> I think Pittsburgh was his favorite team growing up too so when he lost the draw to Crosby I had to make sure I got that on the video because he lost it clean Thank you so much for being here today uh, with my guest, Connor Geeky. Um, the WHL has, was a real foundational point in my career. I, I believe it's, uh, it's an age that, uh, you know, provides the foundation for the man you're going to become. And it's a really formative years, and it's years that I know I fondly remember. Uh, and they can really be impactful, though, in how you look at the rest of your career and how you look at the rest of your life, which is why I think it's such an important time to really dig into what are some of these traits and some of these intangibles that allow you to become the man uh, and the player that you want to be or the woman and the player you want to be, uh, which is why I'm so passionate listening to listening to Connor talk about his journey, um, the influences that he had in his life. And not all of us are able to have influences, really positive hockey influences like Connor and I mean, not Connor, like Craig and, and his wife and his brother that's around him. Like these are, these are powerful sources of inspiration and motivation and guidance. And, uh, and yeah, what I do with my hockey is to provide that guidance and that mentorship and, and those perspectives uh, that help. So if you are a team, and, and that is why I'm so excited about reaching out to junior teams now too, and junior teams are reaching out to me because I think that this, that really is the perfect age. I mean, it's almost a little bit late to be quite honest, but I mean, it's the perfect age to start developing new perspectives, to move on to those higher levels. And how are you going to get noticed? And how are you going to be able to make the most out of all situations to provide yourself the greatest opportunity to move forward? And how are you going to develop your character and your personality and your, your ability to be uh, an amazing teammate? 
which is uh, not going to help you win games tomorrow and the next day and to win championships, but it's also going to help you and your own personal journey to fit into a locker room somewhere else in the future. So very passionate about what I do there at Up My Hockey, www.upmyhockey.com. Uh, any teams looking for a mindset coach, someone to help uh, provide these foundational principles uh, that, that uh, players can use as, as individuals or as a team bonding experience, by all means, reach out. I'm building the, uh, my fall schedule and my fall programs now. Uh, so now we'll get back to the interview with Connor Geeky. Cool, though. Hey, like, that, that is just so wild. I remember that my first NHL time through and I got to play against Mario Lemieux, who was my uh, my idol, like my god idol growing up yeah. and got to got to be on the same ice with him. It was just so surreal. Like it was just crazy that uh, that you're actually on that ice. And anyways, it might be happening sooner than you than you than you know, Connor. What, what would be your who would be your you know, my, who's your Lemieux uh, for you if you were to be able to play on that ice and, and, and who would you be awestruck by, if anyone, in the NHL right now? Oh, that's – there's a lot of them. I, I'd probably say, like, Ovechkin or even a McKinnon, just someone like – I mean, Ovi is always obviously the cool guy because he's just raw talent, right? I mean, doesn't move on the power play yet. He's I think he's like fifth or third in, or maybe second in goals now even ever and like you just see guys like that and you you watch them growing up and you play them on video games and you're, you're kind of just on uh, watching all how it all happens but no i'd say mckinnon or Ovi for sure would just be cool i mean even playing in the nhl i mean that's that's the dream and playing against say like i don't know pittsburgh or anaheim and you're like oh my god like <laughs> this is i play this on my xbox but now <laughs> you know, stuff like that yeah um if there is something that you want to work on this summer i know there is you I mean you mentioned that you felt that you, your your vision is one of your biggest attributes um kind of tough to work on that over the summer you know what, what what would you be trying to bring your game up to um to to get ready for the draft next year uh definitely my skating uh i mean being a big guy i think six four and a half six four area being a big guy i'm not the fastest guy in the world so skating is definitely going to be my main focus and being able to just be explosive out of corners and stuff like that. Uh, and just obviously just touching up everything around it. I mean, you can always improve your shot. Uh, I'm going to be working on that for sure. And my edge work and basically everything evolved around skating and then my strength, just getting my legs built up and getting a good core so I can uh, work guys in the corner, I guess. What are you weighing these days? Uh, 205, I think. Oh, geez, you're a big boy, though, at, at 16. Yeah. Holy smokes. Are you still growing, do you think, or is that done? Uh, I mean, I hope it's done. I don't want to get too tall and have to grow on my body again. That was that was a rough patch for sure. But, no, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, if I'm still growing, obviously, it'll be pretty cool to be 6'6 six, six area or 6'7 on skates. But I think right now I, I like my height, and, I mean, I don't want to have to grow on my body again and have to go through all the – the uncoordinated stage so right right was there um i mentioned before our call that maybe we, we would chat about adversity as has there been uh any point in your in your young career to date that was you know whether it was a big slump or or uh you know i know you said you played with your played for your dad but maybe there's some you know some angst there for a while at some point or like an injury anything to date that you've that you had to, to fight through to get to where you are right now uh yeah there was definitely uh when i so they had the youth Olympic junior team or whatever for team Canada went over to Switzerland. And I think I got mono four days before we left. 
and that was probably the it was it was definitely the worst uh, worst thing that's happened during my hockey career. But I think it was also the best uh, learning curve for me, just understanding that you know I I, I missed an opportunity, but I'm gonna work uh, work as hard as I can to you know make sure I'm up to that level still, even after my I think three months off. But it was good for me because I, I got to do a lot of other things. I mean, I got to curl again. Uh, back in uh, middle years, we used to curl, but now I got to do it again last year. And we ended up going to provincials, and it was kind of just a whole new uh, side of winter that I obviously don't get to see all that much. But I'd say for sure that was definitely uh, the learning curve or even just not uh, not getting as many points as I hoped in uh, the MJ. I mean, I – I was definitely fighting the puck a bit there and coming here and getting my first goal. I think that was just a sign of relief just to get it off my back. Good for you. Good for you. Yeah. The, uh, I guess a word that came to mind there was gratitude too. I mean, when you get sick or an injury or something like that happens, uh, and you can't do what it is that you want to do, you just physically aren't able to do it. Uh, sometimes it's good to keep that kind of close and remember that because when we are feeling healthy or maybe we're just feeling a little bit tired for some reason or whatever, we can, we can find that at an extra level being like, I actually get to go out there today. You know, this is, yeah. this is something to be grateful for. Yeah. It's like another motivation type deal, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm glad you brought up the badminton and the curling and stuff, because that is one thing that, uh, you know, a lot of hockey players or kids who want to be hockey players. And it starts so young now that they're playing hockey, like legitimately all the time. Uh, and I know it was a big part of your guys' life and, and important to your father, and I'm sure your mother too, that you know what, we need to play a lot of things. And I want you guys to be exposed to a lot of things and make sure that you become an athlete, um, not just a hockey player. Is that Was that hard for you to uh, adopt or were you was, that, was athletics just in your bone and you wanted to play everything? I think athletics was just in my bone. I mean, my mom uh, played a lot of softball and hardball growing up and my dad played baseball soccer he was the goalie he's played hockey it's just all the stuff like that and then no one morgan obviously did it so i don't think i really had that much of an option but um my dad always said growing up i mean he's gonna be they're gonna be proud of us either way i mean whether we wanted to do chess or whether we wanted to play hockey and stuff like that so just i think playing uh baseball and hockey and volleyball and stuff like that was just another chance to just be with my friends again right because you know better than anyone that that time can be cut short uh, quite quick. But I think playing volleyball and badminton just that helps so much, and it also helps uh, when you got a pretty good team under your hands. So we got to go to provincials and do all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's fun. Yeah, yeah it's it's huge for me. I, I I don't think I'd have it any other way. I I don't uh, don't disagree with playing hockey all the time, but I definitely encourage uh, playing uh, a lot of different sports. Yeah, I think it's it's. I do think it's a bit up to the individual, but I'm of the camp that I think that you actually become a better hockey player the more athletic you can be. So yeah. your time off skates and, like you said, whether it's playing baseball or soccer or rugby or any of these things, right? You're moving your body in different ways. I think you're encouraging coordination, um, your ability to adapt, even the the ability to pick up plays. You talk about your hockey IQ, right? Like to to see things in soccer on a lacrosse field or whatever, like, and then you can take those over and they translate into hockey. I think you have a better grasp of the game you want to play uh do you feel that maybe that stuff made you a better a better hockey player yeah for sure it did i mean just uh badminton say hand eye right like you gotta hit the birdie or whatever and then say pucks up in the air i have the ability to bat it down now or 
And I think the mental part of the game to me is what is a huge difference. I mean, in baseball, I, I think it's one of the hardest mentally, mentally uh, draining games there is. So, I mean, mentally baseball uh, helped me just back and forth through hockey. I mean, going through a slump in baseball is pretty much like not scoring in hockey. So, it's, it's pretty easy to just kind of go back and forth with it. But, I mean, I, I encourage it. I mean, I think that helped me throughout my whole career. But, I mean, it's all it's all on whether the, whether the person likes it or not, right? I mean, yeah. I'm not going to tell you to play baseball if you don't like it. Right. You're kind of really getting nothing out of it, right? So, yeah. I think uh, enjoying the game is, is a huge part and just having fun with everything. I, I think that was uh, – that's what made me who I am today. Yeah, great point, man. Great point. That's great. Yeah, you don't want to be doing something you don't like. Uh, when you talk about the mental aspect, golf come, for me comes to mind. I can totally agree with you with pitching or in baseball because there's so much time between plays where you have the opportunity to think yeah. right about what what's happening, right? So you can get in your own way a lot of the times. And I think golf is a lot like that too. Do you play golf? Yeah, I, I definitely uh, – Morgan and I definitely hit the course. And I think Noah does quite a bit in the summer too when he comes out here. Right. Do you notice a similarity? I, I think when I work with my, because I work with I work with young athletes too on the mindset side and like the ability to reset and the ability to focus and try and stay in the moment. Like I think golf is 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 such a good playground to, to try some of that mindset stuff out. Yeah, for sure. Like golf. I mean, <laughs> I'm I'm not the greatest at controlling my emotions on the course. <laughs> when, Morgan's, when Morgan's winning, it's definitely uh, if we're on the last few holes and he's up three. I mean. A club may be thrown or something like that, but uh, no, it, it's definitely a close, close, uh, close top two for me. Baseball and hockey, or baseball and golf. Sorry, just yeah. I mean, understanding when you know you could have a bad shot, but yeah, you got to drop your ball and you got to hit a perfect one next time. I mean, it's it's almost impossible if you think about it. If you're kind of just going into it, getting started in golf, and you see people who are just starting getting so frustrated about it, that's why I. It's like Justin Thomas or Dustin Johnson have so many championships, right? Like Tiger Woods can hit a bad shot, yet he's in the bushes and, you know, wrapped around the tree and he's two feet away for a birdie. It's kind of just the mental side of things to me is super cool. Yeah, really important. And for hockey players, the ability to reset, the ability to handle strange situations, new coaches, new new players, you know, and, uh, you know, your year here uh, – is really we haven't talked too much about that. I mean, I remember my first year in Spokane, you know, crossing a border, new billets, right? New teammates, youngest guy in the league, youngest guy in the team, trying to figure out a new school, uh, you know, all the all the pressures that come with being there. It's a lot of it's a lot going on, you know. So testament to you, man. It seems like you're handling it just unbelievable. It looks like you got a great set of teammates and coaching staff there. You got good support with your brother and with your with your parents at home. And um, it's just awesome to see how uh, how well you're doing there. And I hope everything keeps rolling for you, man. Um, and anyways, if there's anyone uh, anyone out there that uh, that has a that has a question for uh, for Connor, by all means, ask. Um, is there anything? that you want to want to leave us here any any advice to maybe some guys that want to walk in your shoes some of these youngsters that are approaching the bantam draft or in peewee right now that would love to wear a whl jersey one day yeah i'd probably say just uh don't don't overthink right i mean everyone tells you growing up uh, always have fun on the ice and i mean that's what you should be out there for uh and i wouldn't say uh 
another thing would say be uh, don't don't change the way you play for another person. I mean, I've uh, I've seen a lot of my friends uh, kind of change the way they've played due to the fact that you know they're getting harped on and they want to try and try and change something. Well, you kind of got there uh, because that's who you are. You got there because of the type of player you are right now. And just don't change your game. I mean, just be yourself. Uh, live in the moment as much as you can. And it goes by pretty quick because if you think about it, uh, just two years ago I was in Bantam and now uh, the NHL draft coming up. So just live in the moment because it all goes by so fast. And the friends along the way could be your best friends for life. Yeah, that's true. And that's one of the things that I know your dad will tell you and I'll tell you too is, um, you know, I remember some of the goals. I remember some of the some of the wins and, some of the fun rides to championships, but I mean, the thing that you take with you is those, uh, those card games you're talking about right now. And those, those yeah. little chirps and all that stuff, like that's the stuff that sticks with you and the people that you're meeting there. So, uh, I think being a good teammate first is, uh, is one of the things I would add to that, you know, be a good teammate, support others. And not only is that going to help you in those, in those friendships, but it's also going to help you be a better hockey player because they're going to want to go to bat for you and see, and see success for you. So, um, thanks so much, Connor. You are a gem man, uh, really well-spoken 16 years old. You're doing a great job. Uh, I know there's gonna be many interviews in your future and can't wait to, to see your, uh, your progression, man. No, thanks, Jason. I appreciate uh, being able to come on the show. I mean, you're doing a great job here too. I always, I always hear the odd uh, podcast going on my dad's uh, dad's radio when you're driving to a game or something. So you're doing great here. Sweet man, appreciate it. Uh, best of luck to the ice. Uh, say hi to everybody there, and I look forward to watching you and uh, Matthew battle it out next year for uh, for supremacy. <laughs> thanks, Jason. Have All a right, good. man. Cheers. That concludes our episode with Connor Geeky. Um, I know there's going to be big things ahead. I know Ryan Genter, he's been a guest on the program before. Uh, he's working with the Winnipeg Ice now and sees Connor on a daily basis. I really respect his opinion, and he just says he's getting better every day. And uh, and really, really is a big advocate for the, for the person that Connor Geeky is as well. And we all know when you have the tools and natural aptitude, uh, the skill set as a hockey player, and you combine that with good people skills and good human skills, uh, that you really have a recipe for greatness. And uh, not to put any undue pressure on Miss, uh, Mr. Mr. Geeky there, but uh, it seems to be that the compass is pointing him in the right direction and uh, really a testament to the family, the upbringing, the organization of the Winnipeg Ice and, uh, and everything else around him that's really helping him uh, move on and to achieve these great things. So I'm very interested in following Connor's career from this point forward. Um, he has gained a fan in me. Uh, seems like a really great kid and somebody that I that I want to support. And I think it's somebody that you want to support as well and follow Connor's career and and, uh, and watch the, the draft day saga unfold as I'm sure his name will get called somewhere high on the board. Um, so yes, thank you so much for being here today. Um, learn learn that environments do matter i think that's the thing today like the foundation the roots the team that you have around you um does make a difference and uh although parents are well-intentioned well-meaning lots of times we don't have the answers and it's okay to not have the answers that's why we provide support for our athletes that sometimes we don't have uh, the ability to do ourselves so um, please find that whether it's a coach whether it's someone like me whether it's a program um, have have those tools available for your athlete because it really is a difference maker for them moving forward. So until next time, play hard. Keep your head up.